Hello, welcome to the first recorded Break It Down for Brackens podcast. We are on with Dr. Lynn O'Connell, and um, I'm a little nervous because this is my first recording and I haven't done a legitimate Zoom yet. Um, but this is probably the future of my podcasting when I want to podcast people from all across the state of West Virginia. I can't get around that much, especially now because we're recording in the interior part of the COVID-19 studios for the Break It Down for Brackets podcast. Usually, we're just out there under the pergola, but since it's a little chilly, we're indoors. Um, Dr. O'Connell has graced us with her presence to discuss the coping skills during a crisis, such as the COVID-19 quarantine. Um, Lynn is a uh, a licensed family therapist, and she's down in Huntington, West Virginia. And I know her from the Leadership West Virginia program that I went through. So, Dr. O'Connell, where should we start when it comes to coping? And I'm going to interrupt and interject the entire time, just like we did when we talked about stigmas, because I'll have questions, and I'm gonna share my own experiences and how I'm coping, which I'm a little freaked out sometimes. And then sometimes I'm calm, and then sometimes I'm a little depressed. At one point, I literally just wore an undershirt and sweatpants and socks for three straight days, and I didn't know what to do with my whole life. But I think I've gotten things on track. So, Dr. O'Connell, where should we start? Well, first, thanks for having me, Kevin. It is a joy to be back on Break It Down with Brackens. Um, and it's good to see you, because this is one of the um, coping skills that we'll talk about. Um, first, I just want to say, I think there's, um, talking about coping during something like COVID is really unprecedented because COVID-19 is unprecedented. There was no way to, um, see this coming, to plan for it. Um, I saw, you know, I, I do enjoy some of the, the humor that's going on. Um, and I did see, you know, someone said, you know, my anxiety failed me. I've planned for every crisis and I never once thought of COVID. Um, and I think that's true for a lot of people who are planners who are anxious. Um, and so I think it's just figuring out some skills that work for some people. Not everything's gonna work for everybody, um, but there are transferable skills from other times of crisis or uncertainty. And that's really what we're dealing with. We're dealing with a time where people feel out of control, they feel uncertain, um, they feel anxious, fearful, angry. Um, they have a lot of emotions. And so we can talk about how to cope with those emotions while not necessarily being able to say how we're coping with COVID-19 specifically. Okay. So I would also want to just make one big disclaimer, um, is that there are people struggling with this epidemic in very different ways. I am um, physically distanced in my house, so I am staying at home, um, uh, barring really anything. Uh, for most things, I actually send my husband out. Um, it's essential staff and so he so he's going to the grocery store and doing those kinds of errands um, while I am remaining virtually only here and maybe a walk around our rather secluded neighborhood um, I am not uh, in the front lines of the ER or the ICU um, and those experiences are very different um, and I'm not a first responder or someone who's continuing to be essential staff at the grocery stores or the pharmacies or all those other very valuable um, positions and so I really want to thank all those folks for continuing their work, um, but also their type of need for coping is going to be really different than those other folks who are just coping with the anxiety of staying at home. Right. I've got, um, I've got 
all of my employees are quarantined, staying home, whether doctored orders or just nervous to leave. Um, and of course, it, it's not mandatory that they work, but I do have some essential pro uh, pro projects that I have to be on and work on. So I'm actually out there, but I'm socially distancing myself by just being the only person in the truck or the only person on the job site. So I'm still alone. And if anything I need, like materials wise, is, is being delivered. So that's great. So what would be one of the first steps of coping that you would recommend? Um, I think one of the first things is finding a routine in the midst of chaos. And I've seen this one online um, and all the jokes that go with it. Does a routine count as uh, getting out of your nighttime pajamas into your daytime pajamas? If for you it does, then yes, that's what it qualifies. For other people, it's still setting your alarm, having the coffee maker go off at the same time, getting up and making breakfast, um, getting up and setting you know, if you're working from home, setting a space and a dedicated time to work from home, um, making sure that that is on your schedule and that you're still maintaining that structure as possible. For other folks, they have their kids at home right now. And so they're adding in every type of um, difficulty on top of everything else. And I don't have any kids at home. I just have two annoying things that will continuously appear behind me. And so they're part of uh, the entertainment. But um, as you're maintaining and trying to find a routine, also helping kids find that sense of routine and structure. Um, so setting time that they're gonna work during. It's setting time that they're gonna snack during. Um, I've heard a lot of people say that they're just, you know, at the fridge all the time because yeah. they're there. And so coping um, through eating is, is something a lot of people do. It might not be the healthiest habit, but it's also time not to blame yourself, not to make yourself feel bad or feel any more guilt about how you are reacting. But if you notice it and you don't like it, recognize it, acknowledge it, and find another way of, of setting a new routine for yourself during that time. I'll tell you one positive thing for me, and again, I don't have kids either, so I don't know what the whole homeschooling um, scenarios are. Um, I'm actually losing weight because I'm eating at home every day now. So instead of eating at the barbecue place or the taco place or the diner, I mean, I have some strong routines outside of this house. So like, wake up, I know what I'm getting for breakfast. Dude knows when I call, I get it. I know what the three places I'm having lunch. Um, but that's that's all changed, and because I'm cooking whole foods and healthier foods in in my in the house, and my meals are smaller, it's my routine has actually sh shifted for a healthier a healthier direction, which is good. Um, another thing, kind of kind of that's neat is if if you're working from home, if you have the ability to work from home, it's a real blessing. First of all, um, my wife is doing that, and because she doesn't have an hour and ten to hour and twenty minute commute anymore. Now she's doing yoga in the morning in the dining room, you know, so she's able to add a few things that are positive. And then a lot of walks are happening together at the end of the day, which we did not have time for before because of an hour long commute. So those are, those are great things. Why, um, what are some things you could add to your routine that you've seen examples of? Um, I think you brought up one huge one, which is I have seen so many people saying they're taking nighttime walks, um, whether it's people joking that their dogs are exhausted with them because they're, you know, on walk three of the day um, or, you know, finding ways to, to connect still. I think um, what's really important is if you had your online, if you had a, a knitting class that you were taking or you would meet with friends to knit or your book club. 
you can still do those on this exact platform or on FaceTime or on Facebook Messenger, lets you put a group in there and video chat with all of them. Google Hangout, there's a ton of platforms. Um, so even though we're physically distancing, we shouldn't socially distance. So finding ways to still um, do your yoga class or whatever activity it is for you is, is gonna be important. I've been taking online yoga. You know, our, our yoga instructor here is, is going live on Zoom and teaching that class. So find ways to add it to um, your routine, but not in a way that jeopardizes your mental health. So <clears throat> have you seen the birthday parties that people are doing? They're not on Zoom. They're decorating cars. At least they are in the Eastern Panhandle here. They're decorating their cars and they're driving up to the house and everybody gets in a freaking parade. I've seen them drive around two different times. The cars are decorated. They say happy birthday all over and they like drive around for half, or half an hour around town. And then that's, I guess that's the celebration. But I thought that was really, really neat how they've changed that up to still celebrate. Cause you know, you can have a birthday and it could be important or not important, but if you have a big one like 50 or like turning 10 or whatever the case is, I thought it was a really neat, a neat thing. Yeah, absolutely. It's, um, you know, finding ways to connect when you don't feel connected is important. So whether that be this sort of platform or even, you know, people are saying that they're, they're coming outside and they're talking to their neighbors, right? Yeah. Um, people used to sit on their front porch in the evening and talk to their neighbors. That is still a social distancing activity. If they're across the street, you know, you can still, you know, feel close um, to folks while still maintaining the, the really important physical distance. So the next thing in my notes is stay socially connected. And um, I'm wondering, I, a lot of that has to be done through social media. And I'm having a real negative um, effect with social media. I mean, it's, there's so much more time to look at it. And it's where you go to get all the information, whether it's the right information or wrong information. But that's where I go to, to get all my stuff. And I'm so sick of the blabbing on there that I'm actually trying to tap out of being connected because I feel like now I'm over connected and and you're right I am talking to my neighbors from, from time to time but what do you what do you think about that I think it's really important to find what works um, for you and, and social media you know I've again seen the jokes about you know Apple needs to top, stop telling us how much screen time we've had because yes it's gone up right because we're not at work in the same sort of sense or people in the evenings or or trying to find things to connect. So they're scrolling Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or TikTok or all these different platforms. And I think it's important to find out when that is beneficial to you because yeah, there's a lot of negativity, um, you know, judgment, um, blame, misinformation on these platforms nowadays. And so finding out how you can engage um, with it in a healthy way. And maybe that means right now you're unfollowing some people. You don't necessarily have to block them or defriend them, but maybe take that 30 day mute button um, and say, you know, I don't, I can't deal with this level of negativity right now. Or, you know, you know, they're struggling. So you reach out to them. They're a good friend and, and really, you know, talk to them and see how you can help. But if you don't need to see them online, you can find ways to sort of to mute that. The other you know thing neat. is, oh, go yeah. for it. You know what's neat is that I see, I'm able to identify my own social media and device addictions. And um, I'm no longer entertained by Facebook. And Instagram is clever for about six minutes to watch, you know, and that's, I see I follow some really great things on there that are really funny or they follow my interests and stuff like that with the fitness and whatnot. But um, now I'm digging to find 
I don't have enough apps on my phone to engage my, um, my addiction enough. And I think it's because I'm not entertained anymore. I'm actually weaning myself off. It just almost not like warm Turkey, not cold Turkey, something warm Turkey. Warm Warm Turkey. Like I'm not reaching for it as much. Yeah. I, um, I find there are things that you can, you know, utilize your phone for that you're not looking at the screen. Like podcasts are a great thing to be doing right now um, because, you know, you're learning something, you know, find a funny one, find an educational one, find a newsworthy one um, and be taking in, you know, utilizing your phone for the other things it does. Um, similarly, um, you know, you're living literally with a device that has the ability to, to record this time in history. Um, which is something that we can talk more about. But I think um, using it for some of those other skills, whether it be um, photo journaling and photo editing kind of uh, connectivity um, to remember where you were in the space and what was going on um, during this time or sharing those with other friends um, and making sure that you're not just using it for those, those social media platforms. It's also the time to get, you know, there are a, a good number of like brain game apps out there. Um, you know, if you find yourself just sort of aimlessly scrolling um, social media platforms, maybe it's time for, you know, but you want to connect. Maybe it's time for words with friends, you know, play Scrabble with someone um, in a different place because it's going to be a, a little bit more educational probably than Facebook and activate your brain in a different kind of way. That's a really, really great suggestion. And <clears throat> I have some of those on my phone, but I'm, I'm not really engaging with them just because I'm almost doing like meditation light. Like I'm just sitting and being and trying to process the stresses of the quarantine or it's not even my quarantine. It's all my kids, all my employees. They yeah. can't come to work and it it's messing with my head because I'm responsible for providing them and their family with income. And it's got me bugging a little bit. Um, and then there's a lot of stipulations coming down that are going to force small businesses to continue to pay the employees even when they're not working. And there's, is a lot of technical stuff and we'll cover that in another podcast with a, a banker who understands it really well, but it, it's creating a lot of stress. So I'm doing a little bit of meditation light and like sitting and with it being spring, I'm enjoying going outside and looking at the new little buds coming out in the, on the flowers and the trees and, I'm trying to figure out a new way to battle the squirrel family I have in my backyard, like get off my trees and stuff like that. But I, uh, I'm finding that's a nice way of coping is not like meditation, like listening to the app and like going all Zen and whatnot, but just breathing kind of no devices and just checking things out because I do have more time now. Yeah, that's, I mean, I think that's key. Spending any time that you can right now outside is going to be healthy um, because it's going to get you, you know, those, those healthy sun rays where your sunblock. Um, but also there's a lot going on in the world. The world sounds different right now. I've heard people in cities say, you know, they're hearing the birds chirp that they'd never heard because of all the commotion. Um, so people are, there's a lot to like connect to in the world um, that may not just be, you know, social media or that sort of platform. Um, that if that's not working for you, find those other ways to connect to the world around you. Did, did we talk about define or find what you need? Have we talked about that part yet? I think 
this is one um, that's really important. It's they sort of start feeding into each other from here. Um, but finding out what you need, you know, we've talked about a routine. If that's not like the most important thing, then don't sweat it really. Um, if, you know, if you want to spend a lot of time on Facebook, spend a lot of time on Facebook, like figure out what you need to feel good. Now, if you realize you don't like, you know, that you're no longer making your bed or you, you haven't showered in a few days or um, you're eating too much and you don't like the way that makes you feel, figure out what you do need. Um, but don't let other people's decisions during this time shame your behavior. Um, so if that, you know, people are out there, you know, working the front lines, um, other people are staying safe in their homes. Some people have, you know, a whole menagerie of children in the home that they're trying to homeschool and maybe behavior problems and their own work. Um, other people don't. And so it's not a time to say, uh, you know, that's the right way or that's the wrong way. Um, if for you it is humor and you're, you know, finding those funny memes or you're making sure you've watched the latest Netflix drama um, to know what's going on, um, you know, with the tigers, as everybody is talking about, then that's okay. You do you um, and figure out what it is that makes you feel better. But don't either say someone else is um, doing this better. You know, so-and-so started training for a marathon. That's good, but if that's just gonna make you feel worse about yourself, don't start training for a marathon right now. Um, if someone is really changing and they're cooking every night and that just makes you feel like a worse mom, don't engage with that. You don't need to compare yourself to other people right now. You need to figure out what works for you and what you need to feel safe and healthy. And that might also change day by day. I like that, I like that a lot. Speaking of the cooking, um, I really enjoyed experimenting with cooking during this because all of my normal haunts, I'm realizing how much I don't need them, like the places I would go for dinner. And I would typically dine out way more often than um, I realized. Um, but it's also part, you know, eating and socializing around town, and you're probably the same way, it's, it's part of my personality. It's part of my, um, my fulfillment. Um, but I'm discovering new, not new recipes, but new ways to make chicken and new ways to make pasta and new ways to marinate a steak or something like that. And again, I'm, we're in the same boat. Neither one of us have kids. So it's like, we don't know about cooking for a whole family. Like, I don't know that stuff, but I do, I am enjoying discovering new little nuances. Yeah. One of our leadership buddies made a, a Facebook page where people could share what they're cooking. Yeah, um, let's, let's talk about that real quick. I want to call that yeah. out. Because um, so, I don't know as much about it. Yeah. So um, Jess Ryan, who is in our class um, and also has a wonderful podcast um, with Break It Down with Brackens, um, has started just a Facebook group of sharing um, what people have and what they're cooking in their kitchen as just purely a way of connecting. Um, and for some people, it's, you know, this came out of the bag or here's, you know, whatever it is. And for other people, it's, this is a family recipe and Ooh, can you share that? Um, or I, you know, made, uh, biscuits from scratch for breakfast. Um, honestly, that's not something I ever considered doing because I'm not originally from Appalachia. So I didn't really know that was a thing. Um, but you know, it's allowing people to connect, um, during this time and especially people they wouldn't normally connect with, but they all kind of have the same social connection, um, through Jess or oftentimes in, in, in part through the United Way, which she works for, or through our leadership class. And so it's a nice way of just seeing what other people are doing and, and how they're functioning during this time. I also studied um, that Netflix show called Chef. 
with John Favreau. And yeah. um, I'm watching it and then I back it up. It's turning out, I really like cooking. Like I'm watching how they slice peppers and onions and I'm like, I haven't tried that before. So that's a really good thing. I like that version of coping. It's kind of finding what you need and then kind of just going with the flow and not taking it too seriously and trying to feel good about it and not, I guess, overly challenged. Yeah. Uh, one thing I want to go back to was document your experience. You spoke about that for a second. Can you give me an example or two of how somebody could use their phones or how they could scrapbook it or whatever, how things are going down? Because this is this is a massive part of history that I don't think people realize they're living through. Yeah, I think it's the biggest thing. No one ever realizes that they're living through history. I mean, in, in large part, we did with, you know, 9-11. It was such a, you know, a monumental thing. There was this group rallying together, but people were able to rather rally together physically. Um, right now, and I know a lot of folks may have like a time hop app or Facebook tells you like, you took this photo a year ago, or you did this thing five years ago. We may leave this time with virtually no photos because what people take photos of are their hangouts with friends or family or their kids sporting events. Um, and we're going to miss a lot of big events in people's lives. And I think it's important to find a way to document, to experience this, um, and to become sort of your own historian. Um, it also is beneficial because you're giving yourself a concrete connection in the moment. And this is really important. If you're writing down your experience and you're journaling, um, you're taking something out of the fog in your brain, that sort of place that it's existing, but you don't have to focus on it. Maybe it's, it's all those peripheral emotions. And what, when you have to write it down or draw it or doodle it, um, it causes you to actually start to make something abstract emotions into something concrete. Um, and that's a really healthy way to cope right now because a lot of people are just sort of like existing with all of these emotions. They're, you know, they're anxious, they're angry, they're sad, they're pissed off, they're grieving, they're concerned, they might enjoy being home and alone. You know, they're having all these mixed emotions, but they're never sort of giving themselves the time to experience that emotion, to validate it. So by, um, you know, taking a photo and um, then writing about it or scrapbooking or journaling about it, it gives you the ability to both create your own history to when we come out of this to show that you were resilient, to show that you came through this. Um, but it also creates this ability for you to connect to those feelings and thoughts in a concrete way and move them out of the abstract. That's really great. That's really great. I like that. <clears throat> um, as a family therapist, what would you recommend to like relationships, whether it's husband and wife or partner to partner or parent to child if they're having challenges whether it's communication or space um is there any basic guidelines you would offer to a family or a, a couple yeah I I, it's kind of vague but i, I don't know yeah. what, to, but I don't know what the questions ask i think we could talk about that for like nine hours because so many people are gonna be quarantined with someone else and someone else's trauma during this time. And even if you've spent you know, many years with your spouse, you may not know how they respond and react during this level of crisis and anxiety. Um, and you may not recognize um, the difficulty that your child was having um, in school. And so I think one of the big things is avoiding that comparison when possible, right? You know, 
so-and-so and such and such are posting, you know, these lovey-dovey photos every day, like another day quarantined with the love of my life. If you're not feeling that way in that moment, that's a, another good time to try and avoid that kind of messaging. You see so-and-so out there like pinning the mom of the year award on um, during this time because she's just knocking out of the park. That's that's okay. That's good for them. Um, but it's important to find, again, what you need and what you're able to do. Setting rules around communication. This is a, a real good time to go back to the basics. I hear you say when you say I feel blank. Right? Let's go back to our I statements. I know that people make fun of them and they seem so juvenile, but they really are concrete. I feel anxious right now because I'm worried about our finances, right? If finances are one of the top five things people argue about, that's gonna go through the roof right now. Um, and there's just, there's so many layers to this and it makes it really complicated because there's so many um, individuals that might not be in a safe situation as a result of COVID. Um, they might be in an, uh, an abusive relationship or um, a kid is not safe, um, whether that be physically or um, emotionally or, or food wise. And, um, that's a really hard time for a lot of mental health providers because the helpers want to go out and help and get in those houses and get those people to safety. Um, but it's all just being exacerbated by this. And so uh, I think that really leads into um, finding a way to give yourself compassion um, for whatever is going on. Um, there's so much comparison going on. There's so much um, just not knowing how to, to, to exist. And so something that I've been really encouraging folks is um, to find compassion for yourself. People are really good at finding compassion for other people. You know, I, I see your crisis. That is horrible. I feel for you. I'm going to send you flowers or a card or a casserole. But we are not quick to turn that compassion inward and say, you are allowed to feel the way you feel. It's if you're upset that your book club got canceled and so-and-so is missing graduation and prom and, you know, monumental milestones and other people are going to experience um, grief and death during this time. Your experience is valid to you and you need to give yourself compassion because otherwise what you do is you just add on guilt and shame and that's not helping you cope with your anxiety or anger or grief. Um, and I think I have heard a lot of people talk about this during a, as a time of grief. You are, you need to mourn the activities that you didn't get to engage in. High school students right now need to mourn not getting to have those experiences of graduation or prom or all of those other events that we consider rites of passage. Um, and so I think finding a way if you can turn compassion inward, you're going to be much better to turn compassion outward. And so as a, as a family, if you're, if, you know, the parent can say, I'm, I'm okay to, to understand why I'm anxious. I, you know, you are worthy, you are valid, and your feelings are valid. It's going to be a lot easier to turn to that high school student who is on your last nerve and has eaten everything out of the house and say, I feel compassion to you as well. Um, and so that, that first act of self-compassion is one of the most important things people can do. That sounds so hard to do. Because you can have grief and shame for, I didn't get out and walk today. Or you can have shame for not being able to communicate with your kid on what their studies are. Um, and I can imagine that's, that's different from one age to the next, you know, from young children all up to the teenagers. It must be a really crazy dynamic. And that's got to be very tough for families 
but you it, it goes across the board like um you can you can just you can, there's so many things you can have grief or shame on and that's i don't think it's that easy just to turn around and have compassion for yourself it's something you got to work on uh, maybe that maybe that would be another podcast we could have where we kind of just isolate one of those topics for kind of varying population to say it's okay to feel crapped. It's okay to feel um I'm not gonna say worthless, but all of a sudden, like if you define yourself by your job and you can't do your job, and if you define um your love for your family by providing and you yep. can't go to work. Holy crap, that's got to be a real, real punch to the stomach. Yeah, um, it's, it's, it's really hard for a lot of folks. And I think just finding, if, if nothing else, at the end of the day, saying to yourself, I am enough in the midst of COVID-19. What I did today was enough. And if, if you just start by those, those little, little affirmations of saying, you know, Tomorrow is a new day, and today you were enough. Tomorrow you might want to try something new. You know, maybe you didn't like how today went, um, but you were enough and you got through it, and you were already showing up in the face of this um, this unprecedented uh, pandemic. And so, no, there is no handbook right now. There is no manual for how to parent during COVID or how to be yeah. a loved one during COVID. Yeah, you were you were saying don't compare. Don't compare. And you just said it also, there is no comparison. There's nobody who's been through this before in this kind of era. So we're all doing fine. We're all doing okay. There are people in really rough situations, but I think I like what you're saying, Lynn. I really do. And I really appreciate you coming on the podcast. Was there anything you think we missed? Um, I would just, um, if you are really struggling with your mental health, there are online platforms for therapy. Um, and so there's Talkspace and some others out there. Um, and I'd also just like to remind everyone, um, there is, you know, national suicide hotlines and other um, state-based hotlines for resources. Um, so if you are really struggling, and that is okay to really be struggling during this time, maybe due to isolation or fear for a loved one and them being on the front lines or just general uncertainty in the world, um, reach out, uh, not in the physical sense, but in the um, the online or phone resources that are available to folks. Yeah, I've got a, I've got a good friend who um, she calls me probably three times a day because she hears the stress in my voice and she's also in the business world and she's, she's really been a uh, checking on me kind of scenario. I, and I, I appreciate that. So I guess it makes sense to reach out to people also. Call the neighbors, call your friends, call your family. Just, yep. And it probably goes without saying, but it's probably also important to say it and remind people you might be overwhelmed in the house, but your friends are too. Even have a distant glass of wine on, on yep. this Zoom platform. Absolutely. Well, cool. Before we wrap up, let's go ahead and plug Jess's uh, recipe Facebook page. You know the name of that? Um, I can figure it out maybe very quickly. Because I, ha I actually haven't joined it. And I think I sounds like I should be because I'm enjoying cooking right now. Yes, it is. Um, I think you definitely should... Uh, get on there um, and find out what all she's well it's people all over are posting um, let's see let's find out what activities she's been up to well that's just her beautiful face and if I could get if I could get a sponsor for break it down for Bracken's podcast maybe I could afford to have the paid service on zoom and have longer podcasts 
Oh, well, well then you should, down the road. you should definitely find a way to do that. Yeah, um, right. Well, the, the paid Zoom keeps it, it fun. Um, home cooking with, oh, well, that's her, this is her blog. It's home cooking with Jess. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's her actual blog. Of course, uh, 8,000 notifications on Facebook nowadays, right? Oh, I know that I commented on something. Connect in the kitchen. Connect in the kitchen. Yes. That's awesome. Yeah. With Jess Ryan. <clears throat> yep. Lynn, so. I can't thank you enough. And uh, thanks for being my first Zoom uh, officially. And no thanks for being my first video podcast. This is really a, a, a neat thing for me. And hopefully we can start doing, um, if I find what cameras to buy, I might start doing the in-person ones with this also. Currently, those are just slideshows. But they're yeah. that's good enough for now. I mean, this is just a hobby. But yeah, well, everybody got to see all the, the commotion that goes on in my house in the evenings. That was good. I'm really surprised the big cat didn't jump in my lap. I know. Mm -hmm. Kevin, you promised me cat footage. I know. Yeah, I was the only one with the with the, the crazy dogs. They do that. Yeah. He's not so having fun. it. He's not having yeah, it. All right, Lynn, thank you so much. I'm going to stop the recording, and then we'll chat for a sec. But uh, thanks for everybody listening to the Break It Down for Bracket podcast. Thanks, everybody.